1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.
2: This is the Green Sports Open Line. Those
3: Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, King of OX. We do welcome you back into Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Wally. Continuing to broadcast live from Hot Shots in Arnold just to my left right now. Uh, city defender Jake Nowinski is uh, signing autographs and uh, meeting city fans. Would love for you to uh, stop on by again. Uh, we're the city caravan continues to be brought to you by Michelob Ultra and uh, if they as long as they are available I don't know if they're still available or not but as long as they're available if you go get yourself a Michelob Ultra a pint of Michelob Ultra you can keep the pint glass and it's a uh, wonderful St. Louis City SC pint glass with the uh, Michelob Ultra logo on there as well. We're going to shift gears and talk some baseball. Cardinals got the win today. If you'd like to join us you can do so by calling or texting 314 or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Polo Asensi was scheduled to join us in about a half hour, 7.35. Cardinal Spanish language uh, broadcaster will talk with him about the... Team is playing, but also uh, what happened uh, this past weekend during uh, the Cardinals uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Albert Pujols was back in town for it, as uh, we saw uh, Jose Kendo be uh, inducted uh, into the uh, into the Cardinals uh, Hall of Fame. And uh, this team right now, if if you listen to me as I host the Extra inning show each night after uh, we get done with the network post game, it's it's hard to evaluate a Cardinals team where winning is no longer the thing that was the number one goal. And that's not to be said that they don't want to win games. They show up to the ballpark every day with the idea that they are going to be, uh, with, with the idea that they want to win a game. But as soon as they went into the trade deadline and started selling off pieces, the, the goal of the team and the goal from an organizational standpoint for this year it became a little bit different. Making the team better in the future is more important than winning games right now. And I think it's a really weird spot for a lot of Cardinal fans to be in because this is not something that happens very often. Even when the team has had some tough seasons, even when the team has not been in the playoffs, it hasn't been really like this in quite some time. So just being true sellers at the deadline, giving guys opportunities at the big league level to see what you have, yeah, this is this is absolutely nothing against a Matthew Liberator, a Dakota Hudson, a Zach Thompson who pitched today and, and really pitched pretty well today, and we would have seen how much further he might have been able to go if not for uh, if not for the rain delay. It's figuring out how much you can count on those guys for next season, what kind of opportunities you want to put in front of them for next season, and also maybe even potentially opening up the door. For them to be part of another organization yeah I, I, had a, I had a really good caller the other night on the extra inning show that wanted to go through what it will take for the cardinals to bring in three starting pitchers for next season and that's not a number that we just drew out of a hat that's the number that john Mozeliak said when in one of his recent media conferences he said that this is an organization this is a big league club that needs to bring in three starting pitchers for next season. Now, what does that really look like? What level of starting pitchers? I'm not worried so much about the three starting pitchers. I'm more worried about them bringing in two starting pitchers and those two starting pitchers being two pitchers that you can slot into those top two spots in the rotation. If you go into next season with some version of the team's offense this year when it's clicking on all cylinders – And you bring in two guys that you slot at the top of the rotation that rightfully go in those two spots. And then you follow that up with a a Miles Michaelis in your three spot and a Steven Matz in your four spot. And then who knows who's in that fifth spot because you got a ton of guys who can go contend for one of those final spots in the rotation. The guys that I just mentioned, some other uh, individuals who are at AAA who... Um, haven't gotten to the big leagues yet. Maybe you do bring in kind of a—I hate saying second tier, but sort of that's the that next tier of a veteran starting pitcher who's going to come in and compete for that five spot. And if they don't win it, maybe they become a, Maybe they have some sort of role out of the bullpen. If that all plays out in that kind of way, and you can rebuild the bullpen, this is a team that can win a lot of games next season. Now. That's not easy. I can make that sound easy. I just went through it. I just talked through it like it's something that's easy to do. That's going to be a challenge. And they're going to have to use money to sign players via free agency. And they're going to have to use trade chips to bring in players potentially via trade. I have a hard time believing that they're gonna bring in a one and a two starter for next season, and both those players are going to come in via free agency. When we're talking about these kind of players, we're talking about guys making 25, 30 million dollars per year on, on a long contract. And that's gonna be the other thing that's gonna be very interesting this offseason. This past year, we saw a lot of teams sign players to long contracts. We're talking 10 plus year contracts. And there wasn't a ton of those contracts, but there were enough. And it's kind of changed the game. And it's kind of changed the market to a point where that's going to have to continue to happen. And a lot of times, those deals don't look so great on the back end of those deals. Sometimes, they don't look so great on the front end of those deals. And if you take a big swing and a miss on a player and you're signing them to a 10-year contract, you've got a long time. Just think about... Think about Steven Matz for a second. And I've been really happy to see what Matz has been able to do prior to his injury. And I was pretty high on Matz coming into the season. If you go back and find the archive of me talking about the Cardinals before the season got started, and trust me, I got plenty of things wrong about this team, as did many. But one of the guys that I was really bullish on going into the season was Steven Matz. I I thought he had the second highest ceiling in the starting rotation, behind only Jack Flaherty, and then he got off to that absolutely horrendous start. So he's right in the middle of that horrendous start. Uh, there's the discussion about whether or not he should go to the bullpen or not, and what's everybody talking about? Everybody's talking about the fact that he was signed to a four-year deal. So you got two more years of Stephen Matz, and we were discussing, you know, whether or not he was going to be somebody that could have an impact uh, in the bullpen. The discussion about you can't even worry anymore about how much money he's making you just got to find a way that he can help the club win and then to mats's credit he was able to come back around and really perform well and now i think people are somewhat comfortable with him being in the starting rotation going into next season but the point that i'm trying to get to here think about how you were feeling when he was struggling and you knew he was on a four-year contract, so there was two more years left on that deal. Now think about that type of situation where you've got a guy on a 10-year deal. Now a Steven Matz isn't getting signed to a 10-year deal. I know this is not an apples to apples comparison. If a guy is gonna go get a 10-year deal, they're gonna be a pretty legit dude. But the idea here being, If it doesn't work out, if a guy starts to fall off the table, whatever it might be, and you've got this person under contract for seven, eight, nine more years, that can can be a really tough spot for a team to be in. And that's going to be one of the most interesting things to watch as the Cardinals move forward. Because coming into this season, I thought that the Cardinals were kind of alone on an island. I thought there was clearly the top tier in the National League. And by the way, it has this. what I'm about to say was totally wrong because a team like the Mets didn't perform well. A team like uh, the Padres have not performed well. But when the season got started, I looked at the Dodgers, I looked at the Padres, I looked at the Phillies, I looked at the Braves, and I looked at the Mets. And I said, that's, that's your top tier group of National League teams. And then the next group was kind of the Cardinals. Maybe you could include the Giants in there and then it was everybody else. Now, a lot of teams have stepped forward this year. Miami's played better than we expected them to. Arizona has played better uh, than we expected uh, them to. Milwaukee has played better than we expected them to, and right now they're the first-place team in the NL Central. But one of the things that separates out those teams that I mentioned, maybe with the exception of Atlanta, because they tend to uh, develop their own talent, but they'll bring in somebody. The thing that separates out those teams that I mentioned and the Cardinals, is those are the teams that are out there spending big-time money and giving these long contracts. And it doesn't always work out. It doesn't. It just it, it doesn't always work out. But they're almost we're at a place right now in the game of baseball where you almost have to accept the fact that. If you're going to play up to everybody else, if you're going to contend with uh, the other teams of the National League, there's going to be some bad money handed out. There's going to be some bad contracts that are handed out, and you just got to limit the number of those bad contracts uh, that do exist. So it continues to be very interesting for the Cardinals moving forward and what it's going to be like for them uh, when they get into uh, the offseason. But I, I get to this point starting just by mentioning the fact that They're at a place right now where winning games is not the number one goal. It's figuring out what they have for next year. And so for today, we saw Zach Thompson go out, five innings, two runs, six hits, five strikeouts, one walk. He really ran into trouble just one time, and he was able to uh, work his way out of it. Uh, His pitch count today was at a a point at 90 pitches that his day might have been over if not for uh, the rain delay. But once the game got delayed, he was over. Uh, but he's got a 3.86 ERA. He's been somewhat impressive in his last two starts. He was impressive working out of the bullpen uh, when before he was back in the rotation. Dakota Hudson has been impressive. There might be a point where these starting pitchers or these guys that you kind of view as starting pitchers might have some value being part of a bigger trade. But that caller that I was alluding to a moment ago, the good caller, you're not you're not going to you know a, a Dylan Carlson, a Tyler O'Neill, a, a Dakota Hudson those guys in their own aren't going to bring you that top two starting pitcher. Those guys are essentially going to need to be throw-ins, and you're probably going to have to include some really high-level prospect talent. and. The Cardinals rebuilt that uh, system a little bit at the deadline with some of the players that they came in. Maybe those are the players that are used, but I have a hard time believing that players off the big league roster this year are going to be the players that are going to uh, allow this team to make the kind of moves that they want to make here in the offseason. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt on air, M-A-T-T. P a u l e y on air. We are broadcasting live. We're at Hot Shots in Arnold. Would love to see you here. We'll broadcast till eight o'clock. Jake Norwinski from uh, City SC is here uh, signing autographs. So you can uh, get yourself an autograph if you get here as soon as you possibly can. We'll take a break and have more in a moment. It's a Bar Sports Open Line live at Hot Shots in Arnold, right here on KMOX. Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals.
3: Back at it, it is a Graybar Sports Open Line. We are continuing to broadcast the, li- the show live. We are at uh, Hot Shots and Arnold. Would love for you to uh, stop on by. You got about uh, forty more minutes here. With uh, City SC defender Jake Nerwinski, uh, quite the line uh, for autographs and uh, selfies and that sort of thing. And uh, I, I mentioned this to him earlier, and I, re- I really meant it. This City SC roster and the guys that are on the roster, these are these are good dudes, and, and they're genuine. And I think they really appreciate the support that they are receiving from soccer fans in St. Louis. And whether it's that stadium rocking for every home game and nobody sitting down, or events like these where people come in and they sit down at their seats and, and, and they listen to an interview for an hour and then they, they wait in line for a while to get an autograph, whatever it, it might be, uh, these, these players definitely do uh, absolutely appreciate it so uh, it has been uh, it's been cool to see again we're talking uh, cardinals baseball if you want to join us you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900 314-436-7900 that's how you call that's how you text you can also uh, tweet at me at matt paulie on air m-a-p-a-u-l-e-y on air and also i can't forget the fact to uh, remind you that uh, these city caravan events are being brought to you by michelob ultra if you make your way out here to uh, hot shots They've been doing some uh, Michelob Ultra sampling, and also if you get a pint of Michelob Ultra, they've got these great City SC pint glasses that you can uh, take home the pint glass just for buying the beer. So uh, Michelob Ultra is a big part of what we've been doing here at Hot Shots, and uh, we're going to have one more uh, City Caravan event to go here moving forward. Uh, I had this conversation last night a little bit on the Extra Inning Show because right now the Cardinals roster... It just isn't what it was earlier this year, and what, what kind of led to this is I got a call from somebody on the show, and they asked about what the Cardinals are doing hitting-wise with runners in scoring position, and yesterday's game, I think they were 1 for 11. They left a ton of guys on base. Today was a little bit better, 3 for 10, 3 for 13, uh, somewhere, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, is what they, uh, what they were able to do uh, today. So it's a, it was marginally better, but not great. Three for 12 today, they left 13 uh, runners on base in that 6-4 win at Pittsburgh. And when they have lost games this year, more often than not, and we can probably say this to some extent about most teams in baseball, but when they have lost games this year, it just always feels like they really struggle hitting with runners in scoring position and right now this team is in a spot where that's happening a whole bunch and there's still some legit dudes in this lineup don't get don't get me wrong Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado and Wilson Contreras are still showing up every day and being slotted into those three four five spots Uh, and and those guys are, are legit guys that are right there in the middle of the lineup and there's other guys who are performing but just and no disrespect, like especially to somebody like Tommy Edmond, who absolutely was going to be part of this team and a big part of this team this year. But you think about the lineup today. Tommy Edmond's leading off. He's at second base. Uh, he's been playing a lot of center field here recently. Out uh, Burleson was in the two hole. He's left field. He's been playing a lot, probably a little bit more than anybody expected him to uh, to play this year. And you know, I think. Seeing him play and seeing what he can do as an almost everyday guy, I think it's really important, especially with somebody like him. One of the biggest challenges that ballplayers have is you're an everyday guy over and over and over throughout your career, every year throughout the minor leagues and everything before that. And then sometimes you're asked to come to the big leagues and you're asked to perform not as an everyday guy. You're to start one or two games a week. You're going to get a pinch hit appearance here and a pinch hit appearance there. And that's really tough in a game that's based so much on routine. And I think that was what was going on with Burleson for a while because he was a guy who won a, a batting title last year at AAA. And we know he can hit, but he might be one of those guys who has to be in the lineup on an everyday basis. So him getting this opportunity through the final six weeks, two months of the year – and watching to see if his numbers really go in an upward direction when being given the opportunity to play every day. That's an important part of learning who he is as a player and whether or not you can really count on him for that. So it's good that he's in there uh, and it's good that he's getting these opportunities. But again, he's in the two spot. Then you go Goldschmidt, Arnato Contreras, and you follow that up with Kisner, Palacios, Walker, and Wynn. So today, outside of that middle three, four, five. Tommy Edmonds, really the only other guy in the lineup who was fully expected to have a very large role on this team, say, when spring training got started. We knew that there was a chance that Jordan Walker was going to be on this team from the beginning. But we also knew there was a chance that he was going to start the season at AAA and he eventually did return to AAA. Nobody knew who Rich Palacios was. Uh, Andrew Kisner was kind of the, the forgotten man because of what uh, the team did to go sign Wilson Contreras and even how uh, it felt like it was, a, it was a battle for the backup spot. Nobody thinks about Trace Barrera anymore, but uh, at one point I thought that Kisner was going to be a triple A to start the season and Barrera was going to uh, be the backup, backup catcher and, and it didn't work out that way and it's kind of funny uh, even saying that, but it, it looked that way. It's, it's really, it's remarkable sometimes, 162 game baseball season. It's not that long. It's four or five months. But the different, the different things that can happen and guys who are a part of the team and you know, it was just a few months ago and you barely remember that they were part of the team anymore. The point being here is this team offensively because we we're talking about hitting with runners in scoring position. It is hard to get much production right now in front of Goldschmidt, Arnado, and Contreras, and after them. Consistent production. They aren't the guys that you were expecting. Now, if Nolan Gorman was healthy, it would feel a little bit different. If Lars Newtbar was healthy, it would feel a little bit different. If you were able to go out there and put Nootbaar in the leadoff spot and then kind of build off of that and you drop Edmund into the nine spot and you have Gorman somewhere in a run scoring position, uh, that's, going to, that's going to change what this team is doing offensively. It's going to change their profile and the numbers with runners in scoring position is gonna be a lot better. So that caller asked about team hitting with runners in scoring position, and I I, I hadn't looked up that number for a while, and I thought it was gonna be pretty bad just based off what we've seen lately. It's really not. Uh, As a team, they're a 257 hitting team, and as of yesterday, they were hitting 253 with runners in scoring position. It's a little bit off, but it's not a whole lot off, and that just kind of goes to show that this has been a pretty good offensive club this year. Uh, At times, it feels like they don't hit with runners in scoring position because when they lose games, they tend not to hit with runners in scoring position. But the numbers in aggregate certainly... Are, uh, are not that bad so uh, something interesting to uh, take a look at by the way we mentioned uh, one more city caravan to go that's going to be coming up on Monday September 25th that's going to be at the hot shots on uh, Laclede Station Road so if you uh, were not able to make it out to this one today and you've heard about these uh, and you've got one more opportunity so maybe put that in your calendar right now September 25th the uh, Hot Shots on Laclede Station Road. That's going to be uh, your opportunity to uh, experience one more city caravan before we get done with uh, these events for the year. We'll take a break, and when we return, we are set to be joined by Polo Asensio, Cardinal Spanish-language broadcaster. We'll get his thoughts on where the team is at right now. We are live in Arnold at Hot Shots. We're back with more in just a moment at a Bar Sports Open line on KMOX.
2: This is the Green Sports Open Line. Those big swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Hay okay. un tablazo oh. largo por el jardin izquierdo para atrás. Nimo más atrás. Nimo la ve pasar sobre su cabeza y a la tierra de las hamburguesas.
3: Polo Asensio, the golden tones of Polo Asensio, the Cardinals' Spanish-language broadcaster, there on uh, the call. Welcome back in. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We are broadcasting live at the Hot Shots in Arnold. Man, we are having ourselves uh, quite the time. Uh, we're going to be here for about uh, 20 <laughs> minutes longer. Would love for you to uh, stop on by if you would uh, like to do so. As uh, Jake Norwinski is continuing to uh, sign autographs and meet with folks, and uh, just so cool to see the City SC fan base uh, make their way uh, out here. And again, we'll do one more of these City Care vans. It's going to be uh, coming up on September 25th at the uh, Hot Shots on the Cleed Station Road. But we go to the uh, Quiver River Electric guest line right now, and we're happy to welcome in the aforementioned Cardinals Spanish language play-by-play broadcaster. He is Polo Asensio. Polo, always good to talk to you. How are you?
2: I'm doing good, Matt. How are you guys doing? It sounds like a lot of fun over there. Hopefully uh, next time I have a chance to come over and, and say hi to you and all the, the uh, city fans. I mean, I know how excited the city is because of city, and trust me, uh, count me in. Count me in with all the excitement, and uh, uh, it was fun to have the league cup. But now it's even more fun to have the uh, actual MLS uh, tournament back on, and what a display this past weekend! But at the end, you know, let's let's talk a little bit of Cardinals. We, I know, you know that you, you know that I want to talk a little Cardinals. But before we talk about the big league club. Uh, let me send a shout-out to the uh, Tijuana-Mexico Little League team representing Mexico or Mexico in the uh, Little League World Series. Today they beat Japan, too, so they are alive. They keep moving forward. I'm, I'm very excited for those kids. That's the uh, same Little League that I used to play when I lived in Tijuana, Mexico, the same Little League that a lot of uh, players that are right now in the big leagues played, and the same Little League as Ramon Mendoza. If you don't know who Ramon Mendoza is, he's a Cardinals uh, a minor leaguer right now. He's trying to make it up in the ranks and he actually played in the Little League World Series about 10 years ago. Now he is with the Cardinals, and we're all cheering for those kids from Tijuana, Mexico, representing Mexico, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. So thank you for letting me say that. Now, I'm all yours, Maddie. I'm all yours.
3: Well, when you were playing, did you get close to the Little League World
2: Series? No, never, never. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't even sniff that. Um, I don't know if, if, if Tijuana back then was part of the association, or the federation that, that uh, takes part in, in those tournaments. Um, you know how it is here in the United States, like every single region has a champion. Well, in Mexico, every state has a champion. And then from there, the best teams of each state, they go into a national tournament. So before they get to Williamsport, these kids play a lot of games before they even think about Williamsport. Um, I didn't get close to it. Hopefully I get to uh, a go visit uh, soon, you know, whenever the tournament is next, obviously next year. But if it's a, if it's a team from Tijuana, it represents and it means a hell of a lot more for me. And uh, you know, one of the things that I like to do now that I have this uh, the, the platform with the Cardinals, it's to to reach out to communities not only in St. Louis, not only in California where I am at right now, or not only in the United States because I actually drive down to Tijuana, Mexico, and go to that same little league. And you know how it is with the Cardinals. They're, they're all they're you know really really nice, and they give us all the, the giveaways the fans get. We get a couple, and if I need more, they will you know sometimes find a few more to, for me to uh, give out to kids. And just about three weeks ago, I went to Tijuana and I gave away a bunch of stuff to uh, a, a lot of little league, a, a lot of little league kids from that Tijuana Municipal League, and they were excited to meet me. I was excited to meet them. And uh, it's really cool. I actually had a conversation with Cardinals owner, uh, Mr. Bill Dewey Jr., that there is a team in Tijuana called Los Cardenales, and they go from four-year-old until the Sunday League adults. And they are all wearing Cardinals uniform from head to toe, and they represent the Cardinales, and most of them are Cardinal fans. So to me, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's always cool to go down there and meet these kids, meet the parents. And uh, yeah, like I said, I, I never got a chance to get close to the Little League World Series as a player. But now I have a chance to kind of live through through the kids and to, through the parents. And I have a chance to, uh, and the pleasure to, to know and have met some of the parents that are, are in Williamsburg right now. And I'm very excited to see those kids. Hopefully tomorrow we take care of Curaçao and then move on to the finals against Chinese Taipei, And then on Sunday, you know, play for the big one.
3: You uh, you shared a fun story on Twitter the other day regarding a little girl that was sitting on a plane in front of you, and you you noticed some cardinal stuff. And uh, like you just said, you you tried to uh, put yourself in a giving
2: mood, and uh, it turned into kind of a cool story. It was. I mean, and I didn't realize that we was gonna get so much traction. You know, sometimes you tweet stuff because it's um, something that you're it's in your head. And I thought it was very very interesting what happened. And on the flight from uh, St. Louis to Dallas, and then, you know, I got a, a flight to California. I'm guessing uh, Mason Wynn's family lives in, in some part of Texas there. So uh, I noticed uh, a little kid in front of my seat, and, and this kid was playing with me, like, stick a boo, and like looking through the, through the cracks of the seat. So I just like smiling. And I noticed that uh, this little kid, at, at that moment, I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, because, you know, she's like maybe like four or five. And uh, I noticed she was wearing a sweater, a Cardinal sweater. A cardinals jersey and i noticed the mom was there with another little kid so um like i said you know the cardinals give me enough things to give away and i had a couple of, uh, of items in my backpack that i had to carry on and when i got out of the plane i just you know i grabbed whatever i could it was a hat and a bobblehead a malsmith bobblehead so when the the mom and the kid approached me or walked by me i approached the mom and i said hey uh you know how you doing uh my name is Polo asensio and i am the spanish broadcaster for the san luis cardinals I noticed that your, your little daughter here is wearing a Cardinals gear, so um, is it okay if I give her a hat and a bobblehead? And she's like, oh yeah, that's so nice of you, thank you so much, and I give it to the kid. And then the, the, the girl's like, oh, my, my brother plays for the Cardinals. And I'm like, really, what's his name? Mason Wynn. I'm like, oh, I know who he is. He was uh, he was in my caravan this year. We went all over the Midwest, and I got a chance to talk to Mason Wynn and, and see how nice of a, of a kid he is. And now I had a chance to, uh, by chance, to, to talk to his uh, his, uh, his sister, his niece, and it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, like you said. Um, you know, it's, it, sometimes it's bigger than what we do, right? It's bigger than baseball, bigger than than broadcasting the games. And, and I like to think that that I'm doing that in St. Louis, and like I said before, uh, be, be, uh, beyond St. Louis. And it was it was pretty cool. So I cannot wait to uh, to uh, see Mason next next homestand. Tell him about the story, and you know, perhaps in five, six, ten years. See this little girl turn into a young adult and and have this little story to tell you know whenever whenever i feel like uh, on the broadcast it's, it's not a it's not a bad story to tell
3: we're talking with uh, polo Ascencio, cardinal spanish language uh, play-by-play broadcaster you mentioned mason win what's been your uh, initial feelings on what he has done since joining the big league club
2: you know i wasn't expecting much from him and he has shown me exactly what i what i expected uh, flashiness good glove the arm the speed the contact with the bat and I think uh, the, the nerves are gone you know the first couple of days at home oh everybody trying to get a piece of him interviews autographs pictures and I think that next season is going to be a really good one for Mason when yeah we we to have a, another month to play in 2023 and, I, and I'm not saying the Cardinals don't have enough to you know perhaps make it interesting at some point but slowly but surely this team uh, is showing us that they're getting ready for the future you know the the, the rotation, all of a sudden, you know, you have Dakota Hudson, who was in AAA to start the season. You have now Zach Thompson, who was a reliever and then went down and then it came up. So when, when those two guys are your best starting pitchers to to uh, to end the season, you know, it's, it's the future is pretty bright. And with Mason Wynn, with Jordan Walker, those guys that I mentioned, uh, Zach Thompson, perhaps, Dakota Hudson, I think 2024 is going to be a big party in St. Louis. 2023, you know, we, we see what happened. We see what's happening. And it's not what we wanted. But hopefully we learn from this season. Hopefully Mason Wynn learns a lot from, from uh, the chance he's getting this, this, uh, this, this time around late in the season. And for next year, he can show us exactly what he is. And I still think that, you know, the, the next month, he's going to show us a lot. He's going to show us a lot. And, and I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see it. And like, like I said before, we have seen him make some really ridiculous plays already. So I can just imagine a whole season of him playing shortstop. That's going to be a lot of fun. And for me, it's gonna be a lot of fun to, to play to to call all those plays.
3: This past weekend was the Cardinals Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Jose Kendo goes in. Uh, Max Lanier uh, posthumously goes in as well. What well, what's your takeaway? Not just from the induction ceremony, but the entire weekend and how we're able to really put a spotlight on the amazing history of Cardinals baseball.
2: You said it. It's, the, it's an amazing history, and yeah, we lost a lot of of uh, Cardinal Hall of Famers recently, but the ones that showed up, you see them, you look up there, you see Ozzie, you see Mark McGuire, you see Jim Edmonds. Heck, you see Tom, Tony Larusa, who just, you know, a couple months ago we didn't know if he was going to make it or not. He's getting stronger, and I was glad to see him. When you see all of those guys take part of this ceremony, you understand how much it means to be a Cardinal. Because how many times you see players that never go back to former teams, that never are they are never invited to go back, even if they won a title, even if they were part of winning a big title for any organization. The Cardinals have a have a great department. Uh, um, oh my God, Larry! Larry takes care of all those guys: Joe Pfeiffer, Selena Allen, uh, Whitney. I mean, they they do a great job bringing former Cardinals back to St. Louis. And when it goes when it goes down, and when it comes down to the Hall of Fame weekend, I think we're second to none. And to see for the second year in a row have a Latino player like Jose Oquendo last year was Julian Javier this year. Jose Oquendo be inducted into the uh, into the Hall of Fame, the first two Latinos to be inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. For me, to be there, to have the experience, to be sitting right next to uh, uh, Albert Pujols and our manager, Oliver Marmol, when Jose Oquendo is putting on that red jacket, and he's talking about Tony La Russa and all the stories and all the, the moments he had a chance to, to live as a player and now as a coach with the Cardinals, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see how how willing those former superstars are willing to come back to, to St. Louis and, and be part of it and how much time they take and how much pride they take on being part of the Cardinals' uh, family or La Familia Cardenales, as, as I like to say it. And I cannot wait for the future for the Cardinals to keep growing, to be, keep growing the Latino fan base, to keep growing Uh, More, even perhaps more Latinos into the Hall of Fame for the Cardinals. And, again, I cannot wait to to be there and and to see all those guys come back, to see Jose Oquendo come back opening day with the red jacket. And, you know, it's a a perfect segue for me because uh, next Sunday, uh, September 3rd, we are going to celebrate Fiesta Cardenales again. I believe this is the sixth or seventh uh, edition of Fiesta Cardenales. And talking about uh, former players that come back, Edward Mujica, and Julian Tavares, who were part of, of Cardinals' uh, recent championships and and, and, and um, division championships and World Series championships, they're gonna be taking part of Fiesta, signing autographs. You know, the the, the Fiesta starts at eleven fifteen. Tickets are available. Cardinals dot slash Fiesta. Hopefully you're there, Matt. Hopefully you come over, have a little dance because there's gonna be live music, a lot of uh, a lot of good vibes, a lot of emotion, and it's Fiesta Cardenales. Hopefully next Sunday, all of you guys have a chance to come up with us and and, and be part of it because. Like I said before, it's very important for uh, Latinos and very important for, for us as broadcasters to see you guys there. And something that nobody has mentioned as of right now. So you guys, it's breaking news, Matt. So if you have oh, the, the music good. for breaking news, you have breaking news. We are going to be broadcasting from within the stand. So it's okay. about Section three, section 300 or so. Benji Molina, myself, we're going to be broadcasting the games from there. So if you want to be part of the broadcast, buy a ticket around there and, and be with us because, hey, you know, when, when, uh, when Benji and I are on the microphone, anything can happen, and hopefully the Cardinals beat the Pirates that day and we get a lot of celebration and a lot of calls like the ones we played before I came on air.
3: Paulo, real quick, I only got about a minute left here, but uh, can you just share a little bit what you thought it probably felt like for Albert being there for the first time as a former player?
2: You know, he was very respectful of the whole moment, the whole moment. He didn't want to be known. He didn't want to be acknowledged. And that's why when Chip Carey, who did a great job as an MC, uh, he mentioned them at the end. That's why he waited until the end to make it quick because Albert kind of like asked to be you know, kept in the shadows because he didn't want to uh, take the, the, the spotlight from Jose O'Kendo, from Max Lanier. And he was happy. Like I said, I was sitting right, I was lucky enough to be sitting right next to him. He was happy to be back. And this is not the last time he's going to be here for, for the season in the future. But I was happy that he came back. I was happy that the Cardinals did it the right way, and uh, you know, basically did or, or you know, fulfill his, his request of being kept in the shadows. And like I said, that is what makes Carnal Nation and this organization a little different than others because other organizations, they would have milked it. They would have put it everywhere. Hey, Albert is here. Albert is here. Nobody knew he was there until Sunday morning. And by that Polo, time, it was too late to, for anybody to come and chase him.
3: Polo, appreciate the time. We'll see you at the ballpark uh, next week. Thanks for taking some time with us uh, this evening.
2: No, thank thank you, uh, Matty, and uh, let's go, let's go Cardinals, let's go City.
3: All right, very good. There's Polo Asensio, the Cardinals' Spanish language broadcaster. We're going to take one final break, come back, and wrap up the program. We are live at Hot Shots in Arnold. It's part of the City Caravan being presented by Michelob Ultra, and we're back with more in just a moment right here on KMOX. this edition of a Bar Sports Open Line. We are live at Hot Shots in Arnold, and as we wrap up, just want to uh, pass along a few thank yous before we are done for the day. Uh, first off, uh, Jake Nerwinski from City SC. My gosh, was he spectacular. It was great to have him on, uh, talking with him for an hour, and then he spent the last hour uh, signing autographs and meeting folks out here. He's still taking pictures with people uh, right now, so uh, just to see the City SC players uh, show the love back towards uh, the fans. It's really a cool thing to, uh, to see for sure. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is absolutely uh, fantastic. And, again, we're going to have one more of these on Monday, September 25th. Uh, Want to say thank you to the uh, the staff out here at Hot Shots. They were uh, they were fantastic as well, and really appreciate uh, them having us out here. Also, uh, the folks with of Ultra for being able to uh, help put this together as uh, as well. Uh, for all the details, KMOX.com. If you're just now getting to this show and you hear that we did a full hour. With Jake Nowinski, and you want to hear it? Well, guess what? KMOX.com Odyssey app. Head to the Sports Open Line podcast, and you can uh, hear it for yourself. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Another two-hour program tomorrow, and then Cardinals baseball back coming up on Friday. Appreciate you being tuned in. We'll talk to you again right here on KMOX.